Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, may be difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to episode 37 of Blackbird. Thank you all so much for being so patient with us while we get back into the swing of things. We haven't done an actual regular Blackbird in uh, like a month. Yeah, COVID's rough. Yes. (laughs) It definitely knocked us out for a little while. But we're back with our first new Blackbird episode of the new year. Yay! I am your host, Sarah, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Dan. Hi. Welcome. Bienvenue. Always a pleasure to have you. So as mentioned in our latest mini-sode, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So today's episode is about a recent case that has not yet even gone to trial. We want to bring more attention to this case and make everyone aware of the injustices that trafficking victims still face in the legal system. We have done episodes about these kinds of things in the past, but these cases are coming up more and more, and we really need to bring as much attention to them as possible. So anytime I see a case like this, I'm going to I'm going to talk about it because it really is such a travesty to victims that the legal system doesn't recognize that they are indeed victims of of trafficking. So we'll get into it and uh, you'll see exactly what I mean. High school junior Zephaniah Trevino was like any other teen. Born to Henry and Crystal Trevino in Grand Prairie, Texas, Zephy was a church-going softball-playing, fun-loving 16-year-old who had just made her high school drill team. Excited for what was to come, Zephy did not anticipate what her future was actually going to look like. According to Zephy's parents, she was unfortunately part of an abusive relationship and that That boyfriend had introduced her to drugs, which led Zephy down a dangerous path. Her parents said she had changed both mentally and physically and that she ran away often. But they had no idea how much worse it was all going to get. In May 2019, an adult male met Zephy and began grooming her. Her parents say this man used physical threats, threats of death to her family, and the use of drugs to coerce Zephy into becoming a victim of sex trafficking. She was forced numerous times to perform sexual acts on and with adults, all perpetrated by her trafficker. Thankfully, the abuse and the trafficked life finally stopped for Zephy, but not in any way anyone hopes. Zephy wasn't saved by police or her family. She didn't run to the emergency department stating she had been sexually assaulted. It came to an end like it does for most victims of trafficking. 
through an incredible crime that left Zephy in an even more entangled position. The man who had been trafficking her killed a man that she had been forced to have sex with. What? (laughs) So one of her... uh, John's. Was killed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then what? I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm just Um, confused how that ends her ordeal. Right. So, so I'm going to get into it a little bit, but there are two sides to this story, as there always are when it comes to especially trafficking victims. Zephy and her family have one side. The trafficker, and I put him in quotation marks, has another side. I'm going to get into the whole thing of what happened, how he ended up killing this guy, you know, what this was all about. But I want to make it abundantly clear right off the bat that Zephy was 16 years old when this was happening. She is saying that she was trafficked. Anyone under the age of 18 in the United States who is essentially trafficked, who is forced to perform sex acts or labor, depending on what kind of trafficking it is, does not need the criteria to be met of force, fraud, or coercion. If it is a child, if it is a minor, they are a trafficking victim, period. Sure. So even though I'm going to get into more information about what she says happened and how she became a trafficking victim. Just remember, she she was a minor. Right. So regardless of how she got into it, or what her trafficker was doing, it was trafficking. Anytime a minor is having sex, someone's breaking the for, law. For someone else's profit. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Period. Right. In August 2019... Zephy and 19-year-old Philip Baldenegro were hanging out at the apartment of 18-year-old Jesse Martinez, an acquaintance of the two. Two men arrived at the apartment in anticipation of having sex with Zephy. When an argument and fight broke out between the men at the apartment, Baldenegro and Martinez beat the two men. Baldenegro pulled out a gun and shot, killing 24-year-old Carlos Arahenyi. Okay. <laughs> Carlos Arahenyi Ariasa Mario. And injuring the second man. This apparently was a botched robbery. But I'm a little fuzzy on all the details. Being that Zephy is a minor, they can't really talk about a lot of the case. So there's still a lot that's pending for public consumption, essentially. Um, so some of the some of the facts of the case are still a little bit confusing, maybe misconstrued. Again, it's it's kind of a he said, she said kind of thing at this point. So there's a lot more that we're going to have to figure out as as the case progresses. While Baldenegro has been arrested, 
and confessed to fatally shooting Murillo, police also arrested Zephy. And here's where the case gets really screwed up, if you didn't think it already was. Dallas County DAs have charged Zephy with Murillo's murder. Even though she herself did not pull the trigger and Baldinegro admitted he had. Not only this, but the DA wants to try Zephy as an adult, which would mean if convicted, she would spend life in prison. Holy crap. That is a, a miscarriage of justice right there. Yes. They have a confession uh-huh. and they're going to ignore it and try this minor for murder. So they are trying Baldinegro as well. However, they feel that Zephy was part of it. They do not believe that she is a trafficking victim. They believe that she's lying about it to get out of the charges. Okay. She's now 17 years old, which still under federal trafficking standards, 18, she's still a minor. She's going to be 18 in February. So... They're trying to push it so that, you know, 16, 17, 18 in the DA's mind, they're so close in age that, you know, a 16 year old has the same mindset as an 18 year old in in their mind. So, you know, she should have known what she was doing. She could have been, you know, um, complicit in this. And so they want to try her as an adult. That's stupid. Yes. That's stupid. And again, Baldinegro has confessed to actually pulling the trigger. So she can't possibly be guilty of murder. The worst that she could be is accessory. Correct. Even if she's lying and we believe them and she's just a liar. Right. The worst that she can be is an accessory to murder. Yet they want to charge her with capital murder. And like, I get it that sometimes minors need to be tried as adults for things like particularly violent crimes, I get it. That, yeah, if a 17-year-old kills his entire family in their sleep, he should be tried as an adult. I get it. But how can a minor be tried as an adult for something like accessory? She didn't commit any violent acts. Again, if we assume that she's lying, then at worst, she is guilty of participating in the in the sequence of events but not even actually committing a violent act and yet they want to try her as an adult right that doesn't make any sense it doesn't it, it doesn't make any sense even Re- if we assume she's a liar it I, still doesn't make any sense exactly <laughs> if even if we take the whole trafficking victim out of the equation say this was just two people hanging out and the guy shoots somebody and she happened to be there how is she going to be charged with murder. She right. didn't pull the trigger. Right. That's ridiculous. She didn't hold him down. She didn't right. beat him. She was just a witness to this. Right. So there's a lot that's really screwed up in this in this this case. Um I have seen and I kind of got into a little argument with somebody on Facebook. <laughs> Because um, people were discussing this case and somebody said, 
she's a liar. They were calling her all sorts of words, saying she's a liar, saying she is not a trafficking victim, that she's making it up to get out of these charges, that she doesn't want her family to know that she was complicit in any of the things that she was doing with these people. And the person said something to the effect of, trafficking victims don't go home. How would she just be allowed to go home? Was this person some kind of expert in trafficking? Did this person work for the police department or Not something like that? Not even a little bit. But he is an expert that he can explain to you. It was a female, but yes. She, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Idiot. So I tried to explain that trafficking, and I went over this in the minisode, trafficking is not what we believe it is by seeing movies and television shows about trafficking. Trafficking is actually happening under our noses at all times. Trafficking happens so regularly. It's scary, especially in big cities like Dallas. This is Dallas County, so this is around Dallas. Um, New York City, LA, Miami, the big metropolitan areas. Trafficking usually happens with people that the trafficked person knows. The trafficker is usually known to the victim the majority of the time. And it is not just snatching somebody off the street and chaining them in a basement. If she indeed was trafficked, it would actually be quite normal for her as a 16-year-old high school student to continue her daily life of going to school, going home, because the trafficker does not want to draw attention to the fact that he is trafficking her. Her mother has said that not only did her, you know, attitude and behaviors change, but she would leave in the morning wearing one outfit, go to school, and then come home wearing something completely inappropriate. So her trafficker was probably having her change into these clothes so that she could be, quote unquote, presentable to the Johns, to the people who were buying her. It's not abnormal for this to happen. Again, they don't want to draw attention to themselves. So they make it like it's a normal activity. They're just, oh, yeah, we're hanging out with our friends. That's why it's actually so hard to catch traffickers, because a lot of times it's it truly is a, a relative or, or a significant other. And it could be like a routine traffic stop and a police officer could think something's going on and the, the victim's in the car with the trafficker and the victim's just like, oh, no, this is my boyfriend. They can't arrest him based on a hunch. Right. They can start looking into it and see if they can find evidence that's going to show them, yes, indeed, right. he is trafficking her. But if she says he's her boyfriend, they're going to believe she's just the girlfriend of this guy driving the car. Yeah, I mean, think about like, like the mafia and how for how long they operated when everyone damn well knew what was going on but that's not good enough you can't as a police officer or as the police department just start arresting people even if you damn well know what they're doing right you have to get evidence and criminals oftentimes are intelligent especially people that are willing to set up networks correct you know whether it's an extortion network or whether it's a human trafficking network these are intelligent people. These are people who, in a different life, would have been managers of businesses, maybe, you know, executive, corporate executives. Exactly. So 
these are people that are going to be able to think, okay, here are the laws. How can I get around them? Exactly. So, of course, Baldinegro's attorney, David Finn, one of my least favorite humans on Earth, says things played out completely differently during the commission of the crime. He says Zephy was not at all a victim of sex trafficking, but was Baldinegro's girlfriend, and she was complicit in the act of murder. Finn claims that Zephy had lured the men over to the apartment that night by posing as a 14-year-old girl via text message and telling them they would be in for a fun night of partying. The texts, according to Finn, were not from a girl in fear, but from a girl who wanted to rebel. Finn also is quoted as having said... Ready? I'm ready. Ready for human garbage? Yep. Quote, Okay, Zephy, if that's the case, what about all these pictures of you smoking dope and having sex with all these other guys? Were you forced to do all of that? That you recorded on your own? In her phone, she's looking for guns all the time. For months searching Glock, Glock starter pistol, Glock 38, pages of it. End quote. Yeah, probably because she fears for her life and she wants to be able to shoot the people before they shoot her. Ding, 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 ding. What an idiot. Douche. Yeah. Like... Fucking defense attorneys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to our cousin's husband. He's a defense attorney. No, he's a public defender, though. That's different. <laughs> it's true. That's it's that's true. different. He does it for a good cause. <laughs> he's not a dirtbag. I'm sure he does not ever refer to himself as a defense attorney. He refers to himself as a public defender. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but... So I want to I wanna unpack all of all of the stuff that I just said here. Okay. So, Baldinegro's attorney is saying she's not a victim. She's complicit in the crime because he has proof of these text messages that she sent to these men luring them over to the apartment. Okay. I'm assuming that claim is to say she lured them over for the robbery. But she's saying that, that they were lured over so that they could have sex with her because she was being trafficked and these were John's and they, they were going to pay her pimp. She could have indeed been the one sending these text messages because she feared if she did not do these things, she or her family would right. be harmed. Right. Why is that so hard to understand? Right. And how can you tell that she's a teen who wants to rebel versus a teen who is scared in a text message? Right. And frankly, there's a lot of gray area in there, too. Yes. People think in black and white terms, and it's not reality. Especially maybe the she, law. <laughs> maybe she is a little bit more prone to rebel. Maybe she doesn't really love the idea of listening to teachers and listening to parents. But that's not the same thing as saying, oh, I'm going to go become a prostitute. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And it seems as though she fell into this life because she got into a relationship with this guy and he started 
getting her into drugs. And then it kind of transitioned into this. That's what happens. Right. They groom them. They find ways to get them to become complicit. So, yeah, maybe she was complicit in this. But it's because she was a victim of trafficking. Ask any victim of trafficking if they had a choice in the matter and they will all say no. Right. Right. And ask them after they've been involved in it if they would make the cho- the same choices, could they go back? I guarantee not one of them would say yes. Agreed. Because, again, it's not black and white. It took years. Maybe it started out, like you said, as just a boyfriend who gave her drugs, and now she likes drugs. And, okay, well, he's he's got these drugs, but he wants me to do this thing for him. Okay, I'll do it. Now he wants me to do this other thing, and then this other thing, and then this other thing. And then five years later, you're now a prostitute. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly and how it happens. there's nothing you can do because, A, you're addicted to the drugs. B, you probably look like a junkie now so even if you left this person tried to get a job you're not going to be able to get a job you're not going to be able to go to school you've got no money your family may have shunned you you've got no choice exactly it's exactly what happens and if you try to go to the police they just they just throw you out on the street or they arrest you so you've got no choice I mean, look at the situation here. She's been arrested and the DA is charging right. her potentially as an adult. Yeah. For a murder she did not commit. Yeah. Yes, she was there and she does not deny that. She does not ever say I was not there. But she did not commit this murder. Period. So. Again. The injustices for trafficking victims, for domestic violence victims, for sexual assault victims. Why don't people believe them? Why is it so hard to believe these people? When it comes to something like sexual assault, false reports happen, and this is a wide range because of different studies, False reports happen 2% to 10% of the time. Right. That means 90 to 98% of the sexual assault reports that actually come into the police, of the ones that are actually being reported, are the truth. So why do we find it so difficult to believe people who come forward and say, I am a victim. Because people don't want to accept that that's the world. They don't. They want to they, they want to live in the world where, you know, they're just Vikings. And they're just going to get drunk and eat meat and get on a ship and go kill their enemies. And then go have sex with whoever they want to have sex with. And then pass out and repeat. Yeah. That's the world... That's the world that people really want to live in. Yeah. No matter, you know, mo- most people. You know, we're, we're becoming increasingly a species of people who actually give a shit about stuff that matters. Yeah. But still, you know, at our core, we're monkeys. Yeah. We just want to swing from this tree to that tree and beat the shit out of somebody for no reason. 
I just have to <sighs> shout out to Gen Zers because you guys are really changing the world and it's kind of amazing to watch. This new generation is the one that's really <laughs> starting to actually stand up and say, nope, we're not taking that shit. So thanks, Gen Zers. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of it has to do with our generation and in in increasing order generations previous to us we learned from our elders yes you know not necessarily just our parents but our our older friends and our older cousins and whatnot we learned because somebody that we know told us a thing yeah so you know it, it, it and you go back to like the 50s or the 60s and if you're if your coach in high school tells you that black people aren't as good as white people, you're going to believe it. If your dad tells you that, if your cousin tells you that, if the next door neighbor tells you that, to you, that's the truth. Yeah. The difference between then and now is that young people now have grown up with the ability to do independent research. Yes. They can just whip their phone out and Google something. Correct. And there's so much information available online now that it's easy to vet this you know even just going back 15 or 20 years when we would go online to look stuff up before there was google we'd go to aol or whatever to look stuff up yahoo most of it was trash yes and it was hard to tell what was good and what was trash because even like the wall street journal's website looked like trash so you really couldn't tell yeah even if you had the ability to go online and look stuff up So one of the big differences is people have the ability, young people have the ability to immediately do independent research and get the truth. And that's why you're finding a lot less racism these days. It's not because humans are getting better. Humans don't get better. Let me tell you, humans don't get better. At our core, we're still stupid monkeys. We still just want to swing from tree to tree and beat the shit out of somebody and get laid and eat meat. Well, mostly fruit, but we want to eat meat because Homo sapiens, I don't know what it is with us and steak. Steaks are delicious. <laughs> um, at our core, humans aren't getting better. We did the same shit in Rome. We did the same shit in the Holy Roman Empire. We did the same shit in the Abbasid Caliphate. We're doing the same shit today. And we're probably going to technically be doing the same shit in another 500 years. The difference is people are going to be so much more informed. Yes. And so they're going to have the honest truth with which to form a picture of the universe. Yeah. And it, because of that, it's going to be more obvious when your when your id is telling you to do something wrong, like steal or, or rape or murder. You know, 2,000 years ago, you didn't know that that was a bad thing, so you just did it because you wanted to. Right. And even to this day, there's still a lot of that. Um, but yeah, I mean people becoming more educated means people becoming better people. Yeah. yeah. And and that's one of the big differences in, you know, Gen Zers yeah. uh, is they're able to really get all the facts up front and not be taught, not be fed biased information. Like, like even we were growing up in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Even by then, things were better than they were in the 50s and the 60s. But even then, we were fed biased information. Right. Um, and, and yeah, you go back further than that, 50s, 60s, you go back to the 20s, you go back to however long ago. Psh, you were lucky if you got told one truthful thing in your entire life. Right. Well, Zephy has been released on Bond. 
and is now home with her family. She was supposed to have a hearing on January 4th to determine whether she would be tried as an adult in this case, but so far there has been no word about whether the hearing took place or if it did, what the outcome was. So, of course, we're going to stay on top of this case. We are going to follow it every step of the way. Again, regardless if she is a trafficking victim, she did not pull the trigger. She was 16 years old at the time. She should not be tried as an adult and she should not be charged with murder. Period. Those two things should not have happened. If she is a trafficking victim, she should not be tried at all. She should not be charged with anything. Right. And her trafficker should have added charges for trafficking. Right, right. Exactly. There are so many things that should have happened in this case that did not. And before we end, I want to throw in the that lovely defense attorney, Finn, that I mentioned before, the human garbage, was asked by one of the articles that I am citing in here if he has irrefutable evidence to prove that Zephy was not a trafficking victim. And he says, yes. How in the world do you have evidence that she was not a trafficking victim? Right, right. Did she live stream every minute of the last 15 years of her life? Please. I, I, he just gets worse and worse. Every single thing that I read that came out of his mouth, I was like, you are just, you have, you, you were made to be a defense attorney. Yep. Disgusting. Yep. Absolute human garbage. And how does the judge not immediately be like, are you fucking kidding me? How do you make a statement like that? How do you make a statement like that? I mean, we have to remember this is Texas. It's true. It's true. A girl said something. She must be wrong. Yeah. A Hispanic girl. Right. At that. Yep. So we'll be following this every step of the way. And um, it's it's garnered so much attention with, with celebrities. Um, Kim Kardashian, Selena Gomez, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, Demi Lovato. I mean, so, so many celebrities have gotten on this to advocate for her. Um, and we'll, we'll see how it plays out and fingers crossed she gets the justice that she deserves in this case, but we'll, we'll see hopefully sooner rather than later, but we will of course bring all of the updates to you guys when we, when we get them. Do you have any final words for this one? Um, yeah, judges do better. Right? Seriously. I was yeah. going to say, oh, it's just the same old stuff I say at the end of every episode. But no, this is this is a new point that I want to make. And it's that judges are some of the most important people in our judicial system. These are people who had to go to law school, who had to practice as attorneys, who are given the power to make decisions. And I know theoretically, at the end of the day, in a perfect trial, a judge basically does nothing except, they, okay, start, okay, stop. But there are no such things as perfect trials. Right. Um, and this is an example of one. And at the end of the day, as the judge, you're the referee. 
So if somebody is blatantly double dribbling, you got to stop them. And maybe, okay, in the NBA, you give them a warning or whatever bullshit that they get to get away with. But like at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to maintain the integrity of of the legal proceedings here. And when you're talking about a murder, come on. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to do better. The whole point of the judicial system is to get justice for the wronged society. But we see far too often when people are just trying to come out on top and look like the big man on campus and not really actually do their jobs properly and not really try to get justice, but just to be you know, the head honcho. Right. And I feel like that's happening in this case. I mean, look at this guy, Finn. Like, I just picture him puffing his chest. Yeah, oh yeah. And, you know, banging on his chest, being that, being that stupid monkey that you were talking about before. And, and how is that going to serve the community? Yeah, I mean, the problem with the, with the American judicial system is it's an adversarial system and it's admittedly so. And the concept is that that, that system makes better lawyers, but at the, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, this is about justice. This is about finding the truth of the matter asserted, Correct. not making better debaters. And yes, I get it that that debate is part of, uh, of the system and 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 even even in a black and white case still the 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 wrong party need, is entitled to their best defense and i get that but yeah the most important thing like you said is getting to the truth of the matter asserted right and and, and serving justice right and so, yeah, the problem with an adversarial system is you can get one side's attorney who's just way better than the other side's attorney. Yes. And, you know, there's no ELO system for this. You don't you don't put a 300-point attorney up against a 320-point attorney so that it, there's a fair fight here. You know, you get these rich guys who get paid a zillion dollars against some public defender who makes $32,000 a year. And he's only one guy, and he's got some other guy who's been on the job for six months, versus this team of three people who are each making $600,000 a year and have all the research assistance behind them. That's just not fair. It's not. It's just not fair. And they're and they've got judges either flat out in their pockets, yeah. or even if not in their pockets, it's the old boys club, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's just not, it's just not fair. Ugh. If this ends up going to trial for Zephy and she is tried as an adult and she is brought up on these charges of murder, my hope is that the jury will see through that. My hope is that the jury is not going to hear any sort of evidence that says she indeed committed capital murder and to them, it's going to say, oh, hey, we didn't actually hear that she committed this murder, so we can't convict her. So I, I hope that if it ends up getting to that point, that they have a jury that's 
smart enough to realize she's being charged with something that there's no evidence for. Right. That's the thing. They'd be kind of shooting themselves in the foot by charging her with murder because she clearly did not commit murder. Correct. There's a confession from the person that committed murder. The worst thing that she could have done, if she's a total liar and a scumbag, the worst thing that she can be is accessory to murder. Right. So by by bringing her up on charges of murder, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. So yeah, hopefully that's what happens is they come with only a murder charge and the jury goes, well, she can't possibly have committed the murder. Right. Exactly. So that's it for today's episode. Um, and again, like I said a billion times just before, we will continue to update you guys as soon as we get any information. But in the meantime, if you are a victim of trafficking or you know someone who is or you suspect someone is and you want to report, you can always call 911. That is the best thing to do because if you are in an emergency situation, that's who to call. If not, you can call the Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-373-7888. And that is run by the Polaris Project. So you can go to their website at polarisproject.org. You can talk to somebody there. You can email them if you don't feel comfortable making a phone call. Um, and you can get all sorts of information and resources on their website about human trafficking, not just sex trafficking, but also labor trafficking. So you can get all of the information there. But please, if it is an emergency situation, call 911. Absolutely. If you or someone you know would like to share a story on Blackbird, you can email us at blackbirdadvocacy.com or you can message us on Instagram at blackbirdadvocacy. You can find us on Twitter at blackbird underscore pod. You can also find us on Facebook with our group and our page, Blackbird and Advocacy Podcast. We are on all major podcast platforms, but you can find them all at our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Blackbird Advocacy. Please share our podcast. Have your friends and family listen. Talk about these subjects. I know we say this all the time, but it's the biggest thing. We just want these conversations to be had. Share, listen, subscribe, rate, review, have listening parties, whatever you want to do. But talk about these things. The more we talk about them, the more awareness is brought to them, the more change can happen. Yeah, that's another thing that, that we say all the time is you have to talk about these things. You have to talk about these things. 100%. It's the only way that, you know, you, like we said before about, uh, we used to learn just by being told things. Well, maybe tell people something good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, be safe, be aware of your surroundings. Continue, Continue to social, to social distance, distance, especially period. coming from us. We just got over having COVID and it was horrible. And I was being super careful. Oh, yes. I had a mask on. Sarah wasn't going anywhere. I don't leave the house. Her mom wasn't going anywhere. (laughs) I was only going to work. Yep. I had my mask on all the time. I was 
outside of six feet you from were anyone. so diligent about I washing your hands. sanitizing my hands exactly. all the time, washing my hands all the time, touching no doorknobs, not sharing food with anyone, not going out to lunch, not working directly next to somebody. If I had to work with someone, I would get the information, tell them to go away, do the thing. You know, we were super careful. So and careful. I still got it and brought it back still here. Still got it, still brought it home. I got it. And I know I mentioned on the mini-sode that I am, I have an underlying condition. I am immunocompromised. So I could have been so much worse than I was. So thank goodness I was not. I'm still feeling the effects of it. And it's been almost a month. I'm, you know, I'm able to move around. We didn't need to like go, you know, to the ED or anything like that. We didn't have to call emergency response. But, you know, we had fevers for for me, you know, I had the flu a few times in my life and um I can tell you this was not the flu. So for everybody saying that it's just like the flu or the cold, it's different for every single person and for me it was a billion times worse than having the flu. It was the most horrible sickness I have ever had in my life and I deal with chronic pain on a daily basis so this was horrific I have never seen Dan as sick as he was during the time that we had COVID do not think that just because you maybe had it and you only had you know a cough or something like that 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 means what that's what everyone's gonna get it is not Please, 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 everyone be safe. Be careful. And if you have the option to get the vaccination, really, truly think about getting that vaccination. It is not going to give you COVID. There is nothing live in it that is going to inject you with the virus. So you cannot get sick from it. If you have an allergic reaction, that can happen with anything. Any medication, you can have an allergic reaction to Tylenol. It can happen with lobster. It can can happen with bananas. Exactly. Let's not pretend like this is something that only happens in medicine. Exactly. An allergic reaction is very uncommon, but it it happens and it's an unfortunately a normal side effect of certain things if you have an allergy to it. It is not going to implant a microchip in you. (laughs) You are not going to be hijacked or lowjacked or whatever it is. The government is not going to be able to keep tabs on you. It's not going to cause autism. It's just, it's going to keep you safe from getting a horrible virus that could potentially kill you. Or a loved one. So that's our 10-minute diatribe <laughs> about, about COVID. Anything you want to add about COVID? Nah. All right. Just don't, just don't F around. Grow the hell up. Yeah. Just grow the hell up. Oh, don't and... Don't be a baby. Don't be, I'm, I'm not going to be able to go to dinner anymore. I, I, I want to go out and get pizza. I can't get my kids donuts. Grow the hell up. And use Uber Eats. Um, 
Learn to cook. Also, if and Uber savages. Eats would like to sponsor us, we use you every day. <laughs> um, I just want to say that we are recording this on Inauguration Day. So um, I'm hoping that our new administration is going to crack down on the misinformation that has been going on on social media and on Google and whatever. And hopefully that means that a lot more people are going to be a little bit more understanding of what this virus actually is. Good luck. That's the hope. Anyway. All right. <laughs> that is it for today's episode. We will be heard by you next week with all new episodes of Psyche Saturday and Blackbird. Oh, and there goes my tinnitus. Time to sign off. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. everyone i am nick and i'm russ and if you're looking for a podcast about current events that's well informed highly educated and safe to share with your whole family that's not us nope it's not but here at the nick and russ don't know anything podcast we have an opinion about everything and don't mind sharing it that we do new episodes every wednesday and saturday check us out at nickandrust.com and find us on apple spotify iHeartRadio, and many more including youtube thank you and i love you all Mwah! We are Pod Jerky, two Canadian buddies serving up multi-flavored audio jerky in every episode. If you like good times, strong coffee, maple syrup, swamp donkeys, hockey, the outdoors, common sense, dogs, conspiracy theories, sports, and life in general, then subscribe and follow our podcast and check out our social media channel at Pod Jerky. Pod Jerky, make it a double.